Welcome back to Royally Rumbled. This is episode 28. I'm Jordan. I am Robert. How's it going, Robert? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Same. Just okay. Just okay. Busy couple days ahead of us for us personally. Yes. Um, but yeah, today we're here to talk all about Extreme Rules 2019, live from the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I can't wait for a Philly crowd to destroy this show. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of <laughs> optimistic about it, to be completely honest. Okay. <laughs> I guess, I mean, there's some there's some stuff that I'm really stoked for, uh, and there's other stuff that I wish I'd never have to see. So, uh, it's a kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, absolutely a mixed bag. I'd say it's a 50-50 booking, just like everything else. Yeah, but Stomping Grounds <laughs> was really good. Um, it was. You could go back and hear our thoughts on that in our Stomping Grounds review episode. The first ever Royally Rumbled review episode. Anything, uh, any news and notes? Well, we're still doing the uh, finisher tournament on all of our social medias. So uh, keep your eyes out for that stuff. Make sure you you vote and retweet when you see it pop up. Yeah, it's pretty divisive right now. We've got uh, the figure four versus the LaBelle lock. Yeah, I can't believe how big the LaBelle lock is, is getting over. I mean, never say never. Anything's possible here. So we... We'll... I'm just so partial to the figure four. I ju- I, it's beyond my comprehension that the LaBelle lock would be going over this, but... We'll see what happens. Maybe Ric Flair himself will retweet it, and then we'll win. The uh, figure four will win, as <laughs> well, if as, as if to be the Metalingus Alter Bridge to exactly. <laughs> yeah, that actually happened. Uh, Alter Bridge retweeted during the entrance music tournament that we did. Yeah, and it was in it was in the matchup versus the game. So it was Motorhead versus Alter Bridge, and Alter Bridge retweeted it. And they won by a landslide because <laughs> after of that. that. Um, any uh, other things? Other things? Oh, um, so if you guys aren't aware, if you guys that listen to us here on Royally Rumbled are not aware, Jordan and I are part of another podcast called Pop Canon, where we discuss comic book movies, TV shows, uh, video games, Netflix series, all that stuff, major release films, and that kind of that kind of thing. We break all of it down. It's us and two of our other friends. Yeah, uh, we have a couple other guests on there from time to time as well. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to just uh, quickly plug that. If you guys want to check that out, we're also, Pop Cannon is also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well, at Pop Cannon with a K. The Cannon was a K, was with a K because it makes us, it's special. I love that line. Special K. It's easy. <laughs> so we're going to do things a little bit differently right off the top uh, I'm going to run through the card We're going to say who we have winning And then we're going to just kind of open it up to a discussion as to why Alright, so right out of the gate uh, We've got Alistair Black making his re-debut as a singles competitor uh, Against the man who knocked on his door Cesaro I've got to go with Alistair Black yeah, there's definitely no way that he's debuting and losing, so I also have Alistair Black. Um, following that, we have a last man standing match. 
featuring Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. I had to go with Braun Strowman. I agree. Bobby Lashley is going to get knocked the hell out again. So, Daniel Bryan and Rowan defending the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships versus Heavy Machinery and The New Day. I went with Daniel Bryan and Rowan retaining. I also believe Daniel Bryan and Rowan will be retaining. Cruiserweight Championship match. The new Cruiserweight Champion, Drew Gulak, taking on Tony Nese, the former champion. Uh, I went with Drew Gulak here. Yes, the age of Gulak is upon us. Ricochet, the United States champion, defending against AJ Styles. This was the hardest one for me out of the whole show. Um, But I went with AJ Styles. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I'm going to say Ricochet retains here for now. Okay. The Raw Tag Team Champions, The Revival. Defending against the Usos. Uh, I'm going with Revival retaining. Agreed. I also have Revival. The SmackDown Live Women's Champion Bailey taking on the team of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a two-on-one handicap match for that SmackDown Live Women's Championship. I'm going with Bailey retaining. Yeah, I also. Uh... Uh, yeah, I also think Bailey's retaining. Um, how about this one? <laughs> Roman Reigns and his tag team partner, The Undertaker, taking on Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre in a no-holds-barred tag team match. I'm going with Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Wow. Interesting. Um, Roman wins, LOL. <laughs> Uh, the WWE champion Kofi Kingston defending against Samoa Joe Uh, Kofi retains here's what I'll I'll break from the pack I'm just going to say Samoa Joe let's just I'll just do it I root I I pick Joe every time and I'm always wrong (laughs) so I'm hoping that the reverse psychology here works for me the okay so this is also a doozy of a match we have the Universal Champion Seth Rollins and his girlfriend and tag team partner Becky Lynch, the Raw Women's Champion, taking on Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans in a mixed tag team winner-take-all Extreme Rules match. So both titles on the line. I'm going Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. Yeah, I'll say Seth and Becky do retain here as well. All right. So, all right, so you said that the the match that you had the most trouble picking was Ricochet versus AJ Styles, so let's talk about that. Sure. I mean, this this match has all of the story and all of the talent. Definitely. I um I was so happy to see that they reformed the club and they actually utilized uh Gallows and Anderson who have been sitting on the sidelines for like a year it seems like. Yeah. Um and I'll watch Ricochet versus AJ anytime. I'll put that match up against any match that anybody wants to have on any other sh- and any other promotion, any other pay-per-view, anything. I'll watch those two guys kick the shit out of each other cuz I love both of them in the ring. I can't wait to see what they do on a pay-per-view. Yeah, we've only actually seen them interact in two matches 
like on two different raws and that was it uh we got a little bit of like some beatdown style stuff this past monday but like i absolutely love i love aj styles new direction pairing him back up with gallows and anderson it it like helps all of them involved and now it's also being used to elevate ricochet definitely because aj is obviously a top tier superstar in wwe he was like he was champion for over 380 days or something like that so it's it's huge for ricochet to to be working with aj here and um and they're actually building this feud like you said uh, the story, they're actually utilizing a storyline uh, where the club reformed and now they're like bullying Ricochet. Even though it's 50-50 booking, but still. I don't I'm think this is 50-50 booking. Well, didn't Ricochet, AJ won one and then Ricochet won one, didn't he? Yeah, but it was after That's like. 50-50. I just, I don't this, consider it 50-50 the same thing to Ricochet booking. with. They did the same same thing to Ricochet with Cesaro, though. They went back and forth like that, too. I wouldn't consider it 50-50 booking until this pans out a little more. Like if they're going if they're trading wins on pay-per-views, then I would consider that 50-50 yeah, booking. That's fair. This that's is only fair. a few weeks. Yeah. That's fair. So I'm I'm excited to see what they do. I hope that they get time in the ring to to tell a story rather than you know, a 10-minute even though in 10 minutes they're probably going to tell the best story of the night. Yeah. Um <laughs> I would like to see them get some extended time here to to really work a good match with one another that we know that they could both have. Yeah, this is going to be like a big moment match. For sure they're going to trade big blows and having Anderson and Gallows there it's going to only like escalate things. Definitely, cuz Ricochet's got to overcome 3 of them and he's not even the size of one of them. I think he's maybe Anderson's size. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think um, it personally makes the most sense to take the title off Ricochet here because he just won it. He's not going to lose momentum. This way they could establish AJ as as a bigger heel and a bigger force, especially being united with the club. They were doing that whole like, AJ's kind of off his game, and now that he's back with his friends, like that's gonna be the deciding factor and the turning point for him. They're like yeah. a strong unit together, and all right. three of they're them are better together. Right? Yeah, they're stronger together than they are apart. So yeah, I'm I'm good for e- either way this goes. Like I picked Ricochet to win, but if AJ picks it up and they continue forward with this feud, I'm sold for it. I'm good for it. You could do it as long as you want. I want to watch these guys wrestle. Let's see these two at SummerSlam for that title in a ladder match. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, could you imagine? Oh. And like we've said before, like AJ hasn't. When AJ was champ, he, he wasn't getting fed good competition. Like they, yeah, they just stretched his whole... out his his reign yeah. with like several matches against Nakamura and Joe. But the story wasn't there. This feels like a much bigger story than all of those. Right, like immediately. I mean, Ricochet's so good at selling, and AJ is so good at selling. So, like, in my opinion, this match is going to be bonkers. They're going to make each other both look like monsters. I mean, speaking of monsters, let's transition to the last man standing match 
between Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. So right off the top, um, the the spot through the LED board was really cool. It's not something that they've done. They don't overdo that type of spot. You know what I mean? It took that entire crowd by surprise. Yeah. I mean, um, it took everyone it, watching at home by surprise. It's, you know, it started raw off hot. And I think that they needed that to, to hook people for the rest of that program. And, you know, we booked, uh, we fantasy booked a very similar <laughs> spot in our Roman Reigns booking on the Omega Luke Wrestling Podcast. We did. So if you want to check that out, uh, you could you could head over to Omega Luke's page after you listen to this. Um, very similar <laughs> in, in the blown up LED board. Um, I'm not sure what else to expect from them if they've already gone to like the gimmicked LED wall exploding (laughs) like what else can they do yeah and that was like one of my questions like I don't know how the finish could be exciting after something like that unless they try to do the ring break again oh that's probably they've they've gone to that well literally too many times Mm -hmm. once was Mm -hmm. perfect two was like crazy because like we hadn't seen it in so long and then they did it a third time and it was like all right that's kind of enough you've seen it once you've seen it twice now three times so if they do it a fourth it's just gonna be yeah way too hip to it um and i just thought of that just now i'm really hoping uh that this match does not become lashley running in the backstage area and Strowman chasing him because that seems to be Strowman's thing is just running after people it's so it's so overdone at this point. Like it, in the last year, how many segments have there been of Strowman just running in the back? An ungodly amount. <laughs> or searching for someone. Like yeah. Lashley's hiding from him somewhere. Yeah, he's running around like Batman. Where are they? <laughs> um, Where are the other drugs going? <laughs> Where's the detonator? You wouldn't give it to an ordinary superstar. (laughs) He's like, got Drake Maverick up against the wall. (laughs) Lashley and Truth are hiding together. (laughs) And and like the the other superstars chasing after the 24-7 title, like see Strowman's there and they all back away. (laughs) They're all like, no. Actually, that would be a great segment. So let's do that. Um no, it's funny that you brought up that because I was like, the finish is probably going to be something dumb and underwhelming, like <clears throat> being backstage and Strowman's just going to throw him in the dumpster or something. <laughs> he can't get up. He's in a dumpster. Roar. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm really just not interested in this match. Um, no, it's basically the only non main event match. Uh, with an Extreme Rules stipulation on an Extreme Rules pay-per-view. I'm sure it'll be okay because of the gimmick. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm... Lashley's been so underwhelming in this role since returning. I miss Leo Rush terribly. Absolutely. I was just going to say he needs Leo Rush bad. Bad. And that Um, ain't happening. Like, just think about the episodes that we were recording a year ago leading up to SummerSlam and how over Braun Strowman was as a face. Yeah. 
and how desperately we wanted him to get the universal title off of Lesnar, like, and just like what a difference a year makes where it's to the point where if Strowman's not on Raw, you don't even notice. I mean, I notice, but I'm like, I prefer him to not be there. Yeah, you don't care. You don't care. Yeah. You're like, if he's not on the show and the show ends, you're like, oh, well, sweet. We didn't have to sit through that. Yeah, they just do the same stuff with him. I can't stand him. Um, I mean, this, this, this whole feud with Lashley is just like... The arm wrestling contest, and then like the tug of <laughs> somebody, war. I saw like, somebody say somebody said that Strowman versus Lashley is this generation's Triple H versus Scott Steiner. Oh God! But I just thought it was hilarious to just like the comparison. Like who's who? <laughs> this reminds me of Mark Henry versus Ryback heading into WrestleMania 29. I was absolutely just gonna say that. It's a it's a it's a hoss fight without any of the uh, emotion invested in it. Yeah. Now, imagine how much more interesting this match would be if they subbed Lashley out for EC3. Oh my God! It would be so much more interesting because you want to see EC3 figure it out. But then they like they have to book EC3 like he knows what he's doing against Strowman. Right, they've, right. They've they have built, to book him as smart. They've built Strowman as like an unbeatable monster, so let EC3 like use his strength and athleticism to take him down, and like try and figure it out exactly like you just said. Use his intelligence along with his strength to take the monster down. Yeah, as opposed to just a, a an emotionless, muscle bound freak versus a guy who's just genetically like magnificently tall and buff yeah it's just not doing it for me (laughs) no the sooner it's over the better honestly speaking of the sooner it's over the better uh we've got the smackdown live tag team championship match featuring arguably the greatest wrestler in the world right now daniel bryan and his tag partner rowan taking on otis and tucker and xavier woods and big e I mean, I feel like I feel like they're gonna try to leverage the match to help heavy machinery get over and get them more over with the crowd, which is a smart move by WWE if you think about it. Um, I just don't think that heavy machinery is gonna win, and I don't think that the New Day should win. I don't think either challenger should, because Brian and Rowan have been doing a good job with what they've been given. Yes, Brian. Brian's been having great matches with anyone in that tag team division for months now. Yeah, it made me really sad to have to watch him versus Otis last week. I couldn't believe that I had to, like, the suspension of belief. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, Daniel's fantastic, and his, his mic work as a heel um, is second to none, and maybe... It's it's definitely on par with Samoa Joe, and I think they're probably neck and neck as, on, as far as on the mic. But in the ring, I, we were we were dying to get Daniel Bryan back. Yep, in the ring, and I'm not mad that he's in a tag team, even though it's with somebody like Rowan, who's just okay. Um, but you know, Dan, Bryan is small, so wrestling logic dictates that he needs a heater, which is fine with me. 
Um, it's just that he's got to work with guys like Heavy Machinery, who, if you want to hear us rant about Heavy Machinery, you could listen to our Stomping Grounds episode, and I stand by everything I said there, even though it's clear to me that WWE programming is positioning Heavy Machinery for a big-time face run. I don't think that the title is going to change hands at this pay-per-view. No. But that doesn't mean it's not going to change hands very soon. Yeah, the the sheer love that I keep seeing on wrestling Twitter for Otis specifically, which doesn't even make any sense to me. Like, Tucker, okay, he's very plain. I, but, like, he's clearly the better of the two. I don't, Definitely. I don't understand why people love Otis so much. I don't, I don't get the love, dude. I don't get it. Like it's not, it's to a point where I don't even, I don't even scoff at the TV anymore. I just, I'm emotionless and numb <laughs> to the stupidity. Because uh, I don't think the man who's playing Otis is a moron, <laughs> but he's playing the character like he's completely brain dead, and I don't think it's funny. No. And if you're laughing at it, great, but like. Don't moral high road other people because they don't like it or don't like other things. I, you know, I don't. It's a good spot for the new day. You know, they're. I mean, they just lost their match. Honestly, I don't. Need, they're only. They're only in this match to help legitimize it. Yeah. And this... they're only in this to help legitimize the fact that heavy machinery is getting another title shot. Yeah. Um. It's, it's like I said earlier, it's smart of WWE to use this match to help Heavy Machinery kind of get over. They're going to gauge the crowd reaction since they won't be in Daniel Bryan's hometown this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was such a bad decision. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I just think, I think Daniel Bryan's going to run circles around everyone else in this ring. And that says a lot because, like, Woods... Especially Woods. Woods has been fantastic lately. Yeah. Woods and Woods and Big E are, are top notch performers. Um and and Rowan is not bad. He does he he plays his role very, very well. Yeah. You know, there's nothing there's nothing bad to say about Rowan. He's just he doesn't he doesn't excite me. No, you know he's just he's just Daniel Bryan's heater. He could that could be anybody. Mm-hmm. That's basically he's Kane. He's Kane. Yeah, at this point, that match is what it is. Um, uh, I'm excited to see Daniel Bryan pin Otis to get the victory. <laughs> Speaking about something else that we're very excited for, the cruiserweight championship is on the line as Drew Gulak takes on Tony Nese. I love, I love, love, love that Drew Gulak is the cruiserweight champion, um, and I love that we're getting this match on the pay per view. Yeah, and I guess it makes sense to have a rematch, you know, because Nice lost the title in a triple threat, so you know, and it and it's going to be good. Obviously, these two are going to do a great job. Yeah, uh, I think Gulak needs a big win to put the exclamation point on his title reign. We know these two can put on a crazy match. It's just going to depend on how much time they're given and if it's going to be on the pre-show or not. Um, It's definitely going to be on the pre-show. But, like, there's not much of a story here other than, like, champion versus former champion. Not that that's a bad thing. 
it's just nothing's gluing me to this match or the no. fallout. There's nothing to invest in other than, wow, what a great match, you know? Yep, that's it. It'll be great. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fantastic wrestling match that you could put up against all of WWE, everyone else on this pay-per-view. It is what it is, man. It's like you're going to uh, your local indie show. Exactly. Dude, I, <laughs> we're, we, sh- we share a brain uh, here at Royally <laughs> Rumbled because I was... I was waiting for you to finish so I could say to you, this is just like any match that's booked at an indie show ever. The story doesn't matter, but it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic and blow your balls off, but it's just, there's nothing to invest in. It's not a fault of either performer. It's not a slight. Yeah, no, it's not a slight on them. Speaking of a match that's going to be good regardless is uh, the Revival versus the Usos, right? That's going to be a good match regardless. Yeah. Uh, Another match with zero build. And Revival really haven't been booked to defend their titles in forever. Yeah. Um, They're two great teams. And they seem to work well together, even though they've only faced off against one another uh, two times. Even though wrestling Twitter would have you believe that this is like the hundredth time they've faced off of one another. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see what the Usos and the Revival are able to do in a in a match that's like unadulterated by Usi Hot or any other weird outside force. It's just going to be a straight up tag match for the titles and we know the Usos are awesome and I've always been high on the Revival even though they've been kind of stuttering here for a little bit. So I want to I want to see this and I want to see what they what they're able to do. Yeah, it's going to be quality tag team wrestling. The Revival seem to have been involved with the MWO, um, then like not involved with the MWO. I don't know. That is the mid-card world order. For at least three months. So they got the boot real quick. They were like with Shane and then not with Shane. I don't know. But still, they're, they're here. They're going to wrestle the Usos, which are arguably the best tag team on the planet it's at least a good thing that the Usos are challenging for the titles on the show that they're currently on. Yeah, interesting interesting thought. Which leads me to the next match. <laughs> um, the two-on-one handicap match for the SmackDown Women's <laughs> Championship. Bailey defends the SmackDown Women's Championship versus Raw's Alexa Bliss and Raw's Nikki Cross. Oh, boy. Um... What the hell is going on? <laughs> Dude, I have no idea. This has been so convoluted and difficult to follow. So let me let me ask you a question right off the top. Who's the heel? Because so <laughs> what we could uh, discern the obvious storyline, the through line here is that Bailey is right about Alexa Bliss and that she's just using Nikki Cross, right? And then soon, Nikki Cross is going to discover this for herself. She's going to turn on Alexa, and she's going to have a huge face pop. And it's going to be her versus Alexa Bliss. And Nikki Cross is going to go crazy like she is known to be in NXT. I think Vince wanted to start her off as normal and make her crazy, as opposed to just having her be crazy. Right? Yeah, like give that her, seem logical? give her a reason to... Right, right. So we're going to make her lose her mind. Rather than her just being 
nonsensical craziness, which the the heart of which I understand the the reasoning for that. Yeah. But here's where things get muddy. <laughs> uh, the execution of this story is that Bailey has been like smug, incredibly smug, and and kind of like better than you and I know it. And Nikki Cross has been somewhat sympathetic. So everything happened on Monday. And then the face of the story, as we're led to believe she is Bailey, beat down the heel. And Michael Cole went so far as to call her defenseless. (laughs) Did you catch that? I did. So I'll redirect my question from the beginning. What is going on? It seems as though... And it, it kind of seemed like they did this before Stomping Grounds with Bailey and Alexa Bliss. Because remember Alexa's promo that she cut? Yes. Where she was saying like, oh, you never cared about me when I was in NXT. The only one that did was Charlotte. Yeah. You know, like it seems like they're really almost like they're criminalizing Bailey. Like you're not as innocent and uh, like happy-go-lucky as you make yourself out to be. Which is such a weird play to that character. Yeah. Oh, God. It's like, she's your little sister, but she's got a mean streak. Yeah. Like, like, it's not even like Alexa and Nikki are just stating these things. Bailey's proving them right. Right. At every turn, which doesn't make any sense. No. Another thing that doesn't make sense in this story is, so you have a team of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. And who do you keep giving a microphone to? <laughs> Nikki. <laughs> you mean, you? so you have one of the best superstars, I won't even say women, I'll do, one of the best superstars on a microphone with a mic in her hand, Alexa Bliss. And she's not even on the show, and Nikki Cross is doing all the talking. <laughs> what? I guess they're just trying to get Nikki over. Oh, my God. Some people can handle listening to her specific accent. I won't even say that it's a Scottish accent. I won't blanket it with that because I think hers is so far gone from everybody else's Scottish accent. Like Drew McIntyre has a a light Scottish accent, yeah, right? Yeah. You could understand his words. Uh she when she was talking last night on SmackDown I had no idea what she was saying. <laughs> they were they were like, just do a crazy accent. And she's like, what? Once they they started what chanting her, and it was like the wheels fell off. Yeah. Um But but that goes back to your point of like, who's the face? <laughs> like <laughs> what is happening? I the sooner they just allow Bliss to show her true colors and turn on Nikki and then those two move into their own program together, the better we'll all be. Yeah. You know, as soon as Bailey's back on SmackDown defending the SmackDown women's champion from women on SmackDown, um, <laughs> the better. But so because this is a two on one handicap match, uh, Nikki cross also said something that seemed a little ridiculous is she she got to pick the stipulation and she chose a handicap match and then she for whatever reason told Bailey that she needed to get a friend. Yeah. Uh 
So Sasha Banks' return at Eminent? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, rumors are swirling that Sasha's coming back. And, okay, so here's the thing. If that's what you were going to do, why would you give that away on Raw? Because that could have been a huge moment at the pay-per-view. Yeah. Because I don't think there's going to be that many people surprised because she's going to be like, oh, yeah, Nikki said get a friend, so she did. So let's say they go with that, right? Yeah. Sasha comes out and makes a save on Bailey after uh, she retains and the two women beat her down afterward, right? Yep. I think this is where, because Bailey has a title, Sasha turns on her. So you get the pop from the return and then the immediate heat because she put Bailey down. But because they've been booking Bailey as like a tweener. Yep. I don't know that she's going to get the heel heat from turning on Bailey. It, it might be a Charlotte-Becky situation. Yeah, where the wrong person is getting booed. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I even thought about that, too. I was like, what if instead of getting Bailey versus Sasha, because we've been walking a weird line on that feud for the last, like, two years, I was <laughs> like, what if we get... Sasha as Becky's next challenger heading into SummerSlam. Cuz we've never seen that on the main roster. That's true. I'd be I'd be interested in that. I was just saying in terms of like how to swerve the thing you accidentally gave away on Raw. Yeah. I can't imagine she was supposed to say go get a friend. <laughs> I'm just saying like may I think maybe she got once she started getting the what chance she knew she was supposed to talk about how Alexa was a good friend. And for whatever reason, she was just like, and you need a friend. (laughs) And, (laughs) 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 and you need a friend. Like she just (laughs) so ridiculous. And she tries to talk slow. So you'll understand every word. Like, Oh, oh, I can't, I can't sit through it. I was so like, I was very close to muting muting my TV, actually. It was very close. Oh, God. This whole thing is so befuddling. Um, I don't know that there's any saving it other than to let it end and move on. <laughs> I hope it ends because I was hoping it ended after stopping grounds. I was like, all right, great. Fresh start. No more confusing. Oh, okay. Never mind. We're, we're just doing the Alexa Bliss gets another match. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm just over it. I'm over it all. I want it to be over. And uh, that has a lot in common with the next match we're going to discuss, which is Roman Reigns and The Undertaker taking on Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Shane McMahon, as you said last episode, is the Eric Bischoff of the MWO, the Mid-Card World Order. Uh, It is all of the bad guys on WWE TV that are just in this ambiguous, amoebic group that... You know, they they swap in and out constantly, just like the NWO used to do on WCW television, uh, where they add more people to the group all the time, and it doesn't really ever make sense. Um, And here, somehow, we've got Shane and Drew McIntyre, who is being held back by Shane McMahon so incredibly, because if this booking that Shane is currently involved in was entirely on Drew McIntyre... It would be so much better for all of us involved. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, so, how wildly left field is this match for you? 
dude i swear it's like teddy long booked this match <laughs> it's a tag team match and it features the undertaker <laughs> you get a tag team match with the undertaker <laughs> it's almost like the writers were backstage and they're like well how do we make this more interesting and the one guy was like oh i got it let's throw the undertaker in there i was just watching a smackdown from 12 years ago he was on that <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> what if they should what they should do is call this match the teddy long memorial match oh my god um i think that bringing the undertaker to tv uh even if it's unannounced is just a shameless ratings grab well they want people to talk about it and it, i mean it's exactly what happened nobody saw it coming because it didn't make sense in the first place <laughs> You know, it's not um, one of those like, yeah. oh, oh, wow, that was so left field. That was crazy. I didn't guess the ending. It's like as if you're watching Inception, right? And mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio's character spins the top and then we're watching it and this camera slowly pushing in. And then all of a sudden Godzilla pops in the frame <laughs> and, you know, the, the movie cuts to black. You're like, what just happened? Um, It's totally random. The, the the reason they're loosely con- connecting it is because Undertaker wrestled Shane at WrestleMania like three years ago. Yeah, remember that that one time at like the worst WrestleMania of the modern era? So I can't believe how they've built Shane McMahon since November of 2018 as this monster heel now. Like, they involved him in... He, because he was doing the Commissioner of SmackDown thing, and then they involved him in the World Cup to determine the best in the world at Crown Jewel, where he picked up for Miz, where Miz like rolled his ankle or whatever, which was kayfabe. But they were they were building to something bigger, and as we progressed towards WrestleMania, you and I had talked over and over again about how great this long term storytelling was. And now we're in July, and I still think, truly, that the long-term storytelling is good here with Shane as a heel now. And he's just gone deeper and deeper into heel tactics and and being a jerk, Mm -hmm. which it's still great writing, but my problem is, is that it's still Shane. Any... Any other superstar on that roster could have used this exact same booking. Yeah, and they'd be a super, they'd be a megastar right now. Yeah. Imagine if they did exactly what they did with Shane with Rusev, going all the way back to Crown Jewel, right? Miz rolls his ankle, and Rusev comes out to take his place. Then Rusev and Miz become a an uneasy tag team. Rusev attacks Miz's dad. They turn on each other. They have a, a knockdown dragout match at WrestleMania where Miz suplexes Rusev off of a scaffolding and Rusev actually gets the win. Like, this would have been so much better suited for anybody else to, to build a star in their company. Mm-hmm. But instead, because they're so scared of building a new star that's going to take off and leave them like the rock did like John Cena did that Roman Reigns is probably on the precipice of doing that they hold everybody back 
and it's and it's really really infuriating that it's Shane that has this booking and Kevin Owens laid that out on Smackdown last night where he had that massive issue and he was going off on the microphone and some people thought it was a shoot but come on guys yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> I just like please stop <laughs> and KO going off on Shane was awesome awesome but like why is it Shane why isn't it anyone else that they pay millions of dollars to to work for them that sits in catering and doesn't do anything week after week after week after week after week when they could be creating a massive heel superstar right now no, I agree. And I didn't even think about it that way. Because when you're watching it every single week, you know, like, you just get caught up in it. You're like, oh, it's Shane. You don't even realize, right. like, that spot like, could have been utilized so much anybody. better for someone else. Like, because when you think about it like that, like, why can't, or why wouldn't Rusev or McIntyre be able to do the best in the world thing and have Greg Hamilton or I think the other guy's Mike, name is something Rome. Mike Rome. Mike Rome. Yeah. Mike Rome. To do the the best in the world intro, they'd all they'd both be able to do that. Anybody is able to do that. So why do they think that because he's Shane McMahon, he has this nuclear heat? No, they created that heat through their really good week to week long form storytelling. They were able to create the heat that Shane has now. It's not because his last name is McMahon. No. That's just the cherry on top. And he was over before. Like, he was over as a face. Massive face. So they turned him. They took another face that they had, and they turned him heel, rather than utilizing anyone that's on that roster. Anyone. Hell, I think Aiden English could have even done this. Dude, I was just going to say that same exact thing. Like I said, we share a brain here. <laughs> Imagine how big that would have been for Aiden English's career to have to do. He this. could have done the best in the world thing on his own. Yeah, he could have been like, "Oh, uh, Mike Rome, you're not saying it right. Here's how you do it. Here's how a professional yeah. does it. Here's how the best mm-hmm. in the world does it." And then done his best in the world intro. Just like uh, it's, it's so frustrating, and like. It's such an easy out to be like, oh, that's what they're going for. No. No. They. It, so you mean to tell me what they're going for is not utilizing their talent and just using Shane? That's what they're going for? Because they think that Shane's a heat magnet when he was the biggest face in the company for like two years? Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. Back at Crown Jewel, when we said, oh, well, he's, he's winning the, the World Cup, you know, like... Sure, they could have thought like, okay, this will get us to WrestleMania, right? Mm-hmm. But they, I guarantee you, they were not thinking, well, Shane's going to lead a heel stable, and then he's going to wrestle Roman An Reigns. heel stable. He's going to wrestle Roman Reigns and The Undertaker. No, yeah, they weren't thinking that. This is, right now they're shooting, they're, they're, they're throwing as much shit at the wall as possible. And it, like you said before, it's still good storytelling. Everything still makes sense, but like... It could have been anyone else. It should have been anyone else. That's what frustrates me about it. And can you imagine we're in 2019 and the Undertaker's involved in a, I would say, a pretty a pretty big feud, and I'm not ranting about how he's involved at all. <laughs> he's not the problem here. 
He's not the problem here. For once. He's one of the problems, well, but he's not the problem here. I mean, are is, are they using this to lead to Undertaker versus Drew? I guess, but this is the thing, too, is that because you've gotten all of this nuclear heat on Shane, you, wouldn't you give that to a, a face character that could use the rub against the guy that's got the most heat in the company? Well, it seems like that's what they're doing with Kevin Owens. Right. Now they're doing now, that with Kevin yeah. Owens. But why is it Roman Reigns and The Undertaker in this match teaming up with one another? Neither of whom, <laughs> neither of whom need the rub from Shane to get over as a face. Yep. That's, that goes back to they're not utilizing the talent to make new stars. That, so, so consider me tickled pink that it was Cedric Alexander on Monday that had teamed with Roman Reigns versus the two of them. But like, I just all like the, I love I like the story, right? I just all of the pieces are in the wrong place. Because <laughs> if you had said character A is going to help Miz win the World Cup, and then that's going to turn into them being tag team champions and then a feud for WrestleMania, and then coming out of that, they're going to feud a little bit longer, and then they're going to come down on the on the backstretch to SummerSlam, and you're going to get your biggest, the, the guy that you're going to make the biggest face in the company taking that guy on, and you'd be like, yeah! <laughs> and then you're like, but what if I told you it was Shane McMahon? You'd be like, like, what? Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no, no! Anyone else? Because that doesn't make any sense. No. Friggin', I don't even care. Take Fandango. <laughs> it literally could have worked for anyone else. You don't, it's not like Shane has some sort of charisma that nobody else can tap into. Not to say that he's not charismatic on, in his own right. I'm just saying it's not like, it's not like we're not replacing the rock or stone cold here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where they, nobody can do what they did. It's Shane being a heel. Anybody can do that. Anybody. And they don't have to, they don't need, it would have just been, it could have been so much better because it could have been anyone else. All right. I'm done talking about that one. I didn't even mention Roman Reigns. <laughs> Roman, you're doing great. Yeah, man. Keep keep it up. Uh, all right. So, Alistair Black versus Cesaro. You mentioned Cesaro uh, as he, he could have been the guy getting the heel push that Shane is currently monopolizing. Yep. Um, how do you feel about the Alistair Black promos? Before before the, re the reveal that it was Cesaro, all of the promos that he's been doing sitting in the dark room, how do you feel about those? Um, at first, when they first started airing, I thought it was super weird because we've never seen him like that. But then the more I listened to what he was saying, the more I really liked them. And there was one specifically where he's screaming yeah, for someone to pick a fight with me. And I just I, I love that line. I think it's a great line. When he, yeah. he wants someone to come to him, he wants someone to knock on his door. Yeah, he's daring someone to step to him. Yeah, and, which, like, there's no other character like that in WWE right now. No? Not a single character. 
Um, I don't know. I just, I, I really enjoyed them. I think it's a very interesting scenario. I think Alistair Black is the perfect person to execute those promos. Yeah. Um, and I love, like, even though it's kind of left field, I love that Cesaro, like, got ballsy and stepped up and he's the first one to take on Alistair Black in his main roster singles run. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, was are you okay with it being Cesaro that stepped up? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, so I I also agree that it's cool that it was Cesaro, and I like that it was Cesaro, but part of me doesn't believe that he was the original plan. I don't know that they had a plan A, but I don't think that when they set out to do these promos and they wrote that knock on the, the knock on my door thing and then someone knocked, I don't think they were like, it was Cesaro. It seems like it was a very last minute, who do we have doing something but nothing at the moment? You yeah. know what I mean? Um, however, Cesaro has been getting a gentle heel push that's somehow unrelated to the MWO. Absolutely. I was just going to say that. So, it's good that Cesaro's the one that stepped up. Because if it was like Elias or anybody else that's just kind of been in this muddy mess that Shane McMahon's created, um, it would have sucked. Flat out. Yeah, and Cesaro's just been picking up win after win since like coming back with the new theme and everything on his own. He's just like, he stands out. Yeah. So I think that this match, um, beyond all of the story stuff, this match, uh, I wouldn't say it's a dream match in that if you had asked me to put two guys together that you'd want to see wrestle, I don't know that I would have come up with this combination in like 50 matches. Yeah, but I'm super excited for it because I love Cesaro's in-ring style and his the way that he works and the type of matches he's able to do because he's really, without trying to employ a pun, he's a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> he can, he do, can do anything. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Black, who was my favorite guy on NXT during his run on NXT. Even though people discredit his title run in NXT, I still think he was one of the greatest things on the show. I agree. I agree with um, that. He was. So he's good. He I'm, knows what he's doing. He, I'm he, super, super excited to see how Cesaro counters the striking ability of Black. Mm-hmm. But then Black can also kind of take it to the air. And do some high-flying stuff. And we talked about it, I think, in the last episode when we were talking about how Ricochet and Cesaro were great together because Cesaro was a great postman for Ricochet to do all of his spins and stuff. And I was just going to say, and he could cut Black off from the air, too. You know, like, Cesaro is a hard, heavy striker. Yeah. So we're going to see some punishment dealt out. I'm very It'd be cool to see it'd be cool to see 
if if Black goes for that moonsault and Cesaro hits him with like uh, the the European uppercut, yeah, off of that, yeah, or even a springboard one, so it's like a pounce, yeah, <laughs> or he like catches him for a neutralizer. Oh my god, yeah, because he could. I'm just like I love that this is on pay per view and that we're not just getting this on a random SmackDown. Yes. Because if this was just a regular SmackDown match, uh, nobody would be excited to see it on pay-per-view. They they made it a bigger deal by yep. having this on especially, the pay-per-view. Especially with the long, the long drawn-out build for it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I think it's going to be one of the best matches of the night, if not the best. I'm calling it now. My match of the night is Aleister Black versus Cesaro. I mean... Runner up is going to be Ricochet and AJ Styles, so I think I think those four guys are going to attempt to outdo one another just among themselves. Yes. Um, is there anyone else? Because I like so we've been talking about how it's cool that it's Cesaro. We like that it's Cesaro, but is there anyone else that you would have preferred see sit down during that interview? I think it would have been cool to see Finn Balor sit down. Yes. Like flanked by Gallows and Anderson. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Okay. That would have been cool. I was just thinking Finn by himself. Yeah, I mean, I'd take that as well, too. Because, I mean, not to, not to again plug <laughs> a fantasy booking that we did <laughs> for Omega Lou, <laughs> but... uh we also went with the uh, the demon versus the devil in one of our fantasy bookings. We did. Um, so, yeah, Aleister Black versus Finn Balor is definitely something I want to see in the future. Uh, but it seems like Black's going to be a face to start out, which is interesting. That's fine, though. He's always been a face. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I think he's great at, at it because um, he's super believable and he's and he's likable because you just get like that there's a vibe that comes off of him that I I'm I totally dig. So I'm I'm all in for it. I can't wait to see how they structure this match. Um but like we had discussed way earlier, uh, I definitely think Black is is winning his first uh his first up his first time up. Something else that I'm very excited for is the WWE Championship match between Kofi Kingston and Samoa Joe. And as you said in our last episode, you had pointed out that you wanted to see Samoa Joe versus Kofi Kingston. And now it's finally happening. <laughs> Sometimes when you shoot in the dark, you win. <laughs> like, so yes, it was random that Samoa Joe attacked Kofi Kingston on Monday Night Raw. Totally random. However... um. I was right, huh? And <laughs> I obviously, as I had said in the last episode, I'm all for it because Joe is a pure heel and he's going to get the best and the most amount of heat on Kofi Kingston, who is a pure babyface. Yep. And and Joe's so good at what he does. I just I just wish that they gave him more momentum sort of in the same vein as Cesaro. Like, Joe's coming off of his loss to Ricochet. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, well, he doesn't really have any momentum. And then he just, he he lost to Rey Mysterio right before that. 
So yeah. I mean, so it's a thing that it's a thing that see, that WWE seems to keep doing is that the heels keep losing now, and as long as they're able to talk their way into heat, it doesn't matter. And Joe's the type of guy that can uh, easily talk his way into getting heat. Oh, absolutely. So, and I'm so excited for this match because I like the way that Joe's style is and the way that Kofi's style will mesh. Yeah. And so far it's yeah. been very interesting to see because we haven't seen this before. No. I, I the uh the trouble in paradise that Joe ate uh was just like the tip of the iceberg in terms of how interesting their styles are going to, to go together. Um because Joe's a brutal force and obviously has the strength advantage. Uh, but Kofi is very, 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 very fast. And resilient. Um, and resilient. So I that's why earlier I had said that I want Joe to win is to what you were saying uh, a little bit ago that that he doesn't have he needs a statement win. He does. You know? How how crazy would it be if if Joe were to just pick up the victory here, he cha- he came out, he called his spot, and then he took Kofi's title. Like, and then there's legs to that story because mm-hmm. Kofi wants to get it back, and maybe he needs more help from the New Day than he's getting right now, and maybe then that that causes the internal strife that people are clamoring for because they want the New Day to break up so badly. I have no idea why. I never want the New Day to break up. No, me either. There's no reason to break them up ever. They could because you know you know exactly what's going to happen if they break up. Biggie is going to get uh, maybe a month and a half mega of, heel push of a mega heel push, and then he's going to be lost in the shuffle. And then he's going to Xavier's going to Xavier's going to drop to the bottom of that car. Yep, and he's going to go back to NXT. Like he's going to sink so far down that card without the new day. And Kofi's going to be what Kofi did for 11 years before winning a title. He'll probably wind up in some tag team with somebody, and that'll be it, man. Like, yeah. I don't I don't want it. I don't want that either. I don't either. want it. I don't want it. I don't need Big E turning on Kofi Kingston because he's jealous. Of what? Yeah. They have a cereal together. We don't have a cereal. <laughs> We're not turning on each other. <laughs> and, like, it doesn't need to – like, if you want to put – Big E versus Kofi Kingston for the title, make it because they're friends. You yeah, can, make it friendly. You can book a face versus face match. I don't know if the internet knows that they could do that. No, and then and then have Xavier on the outside, and it, it's just the New Day Rocks chant the entire match. Yeah, and they just they match. They kind of match moves. They get like, and then they kind of take it more serious, and it starts getting hard hitting at the end. Yeah. And then Kofi prevails because he's the champ, and that's what should happen. And then and you move they on. They shake hands and hug. They they could tease yep. like a thing, and then they shake hands and hug, and that's it. New Day's stronger. Yeah, they could they could have respect for one another afterward yeah. and move on. It'd be fine. Yeah, I just it's crazy to me that they want it that people want to see them broken up. It's ridiculous. But yeah, like imagine Joe coming into this and choking Kofi out, and Kofi doesn't even tap; he just passes out. Yeah. To the clutch. I was also thinking of a scenario, and this goes to the, the last match that we're going to talk about too, um, because Heyman came out and, and gave that quick little speech about Lesnar 
showing up and, and doing whatever. Um, what if in the course of this match, there's like a ref bump or something like that. And Lesnar comes out, beats Kofi down and is going to try to cash in. But Joe stops him. It'd be interesting. Cause Joe, cause, cause Joe wants the title, like get the hell out of here. It's mine. And then Kofi could pick up the win off of the distraction. So now Lesnar's pissed off everybody. Yeah. And like Joe looks strong because he took out Lesnar. Right. Kofi looks strong because he prevailed. He got the pin. Yep. And Lesnar can live to fight another day. Yeah. I'm okay with so that. I, yeah. That, that would just be... If you're going to do a screwy finish in this because you don't want Joe to lose clean, that's what I would do. I'd be okay with but, that. But yeah, initially uh, initially when I was thinking about this card and, and typing up some notes, I had Samoa Joe winning. But then before I finalized them, I, I changed my mind back to Kofi. I just think Kofi's story right now is stronger than Joe's. And yeah. so Kofi's the easier pick. I mean, I definitely, I believe that Kofi will win. I just want Joe to win. It's going to be a really good match. Their styles are going to mesh very well. Joe's fantastic as a heel. Kofi's fantastic as the defending champ wanting to take on yep. all comers. Yeah. So I'm good with either yeah. either or. So then the final match of Extreme Rules 2019 from Philadelphia. We've got Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch defending their championships, the Universal Championship and the Raw Women's Championship respectively against Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans in a tag team extreme rules match where the winner takes all. It's also a mixed and tag team match. It's a mixed tag team. There's match. a lot of words so, there. Yeah. So the, the, the girls can only wrestle the girls and the boys can only wrestle the boys really quick. Let's just talk about what happened on Monday. Okay. With this, with this feud and this situation, Seth and Becky were involved in, a another mixed tag match against Andrade and Zelina Vega. And the match was originally supposed to be in the main event, and then they pushed it to the first segment on the show, uh, which immediately made me, like, not happy. But regardless of that, um, the stipulation from Monday was it was an elimination mixed tag match. Yeah, which was super weird. Yeah, because... Uh, as we saw, Becky tapped out Zelina, but what if Seth Rollins got pinned by Andrade? I mean, it would have still just been Becky versus Zelina. <laughs> <laughs> like, it didn't matter. It just, I just, like, how, how do you screw something up that easy? It'd be totally different if they did intergender. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because then it would just be Becky versus Andrade. And, you know, you do whatever with that. But because it was a mixed tag match and then they said it was elimination, it was like, uh, so Seth can't tag out now. Yeah. <laughs> like, so by Becky tapping Zelina means that she eliminated herself. Yeah. And it became a one on one <laughs> match. So stupid. Oh, God. Let's um, let's talk about Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch and their their lack of chemistry, in my opinion, because uh, because they don't 
seem like a real couple, like, at all. You don't think so? No. And then, like, someone said to me that they don't think they're actually dating in real life. They're only dating for the show. I would, so I would believe that more if we hadn't seen them other places. That doesn't matter. We saw them, like, two places. There was, like, a concert, and then there was another thing. But yeah, I mean, someone I said guess... they don't doubt that they're like really good friends in real life, but they don't believe that they're physically intimate with one another. Dude, I could absolutely see WWE going. We want to do a power couple thing. Yeah, and Seth and Becky being like, okay. okay. Um, but so if that's true, if you're Seth Rollins, and they come to you on Monday. And they go, hey, we've got a shirt for you. (laughs) (laughs) And you see it. And you're not actually romantically invested in this woman. And they hand you a shirt that says the man's man. How do you go, yeah, that's cool. Print that. Hey, he's the (laughs) one that hashtagged it. He hashtagged it the week before. Because she said, because somebody said it. Yeah. Somebody said it. And then he hashtagged it. Yeah. So but automatically, like, oh my god, how terrible! Oh, <laughs> well, let's let's be honest. WWE's uh, promotional and marketing uh, development team aren't the best when it comes to their T-shirt designs. Hey, all right. Well, it's it's no Ember Moon circle shirt. I'll give you that. Or or uh, uh, <laughs> a friggin' Neville, King of the Cruiserweights shirt. <laughs> You wanted more from that shirt? <laughs> Tough. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just there's so many things here. Yeah, and I and I agree they don't they don't seem to have a romantic chemistry. There's no chemistry. I hate to sound like <laughs> a broken record, but I I think it's Becky's fault. Uh, <laughs> Probably. because uh, I don't think that she's that good at acting. So, so you know, she could do all the stuff in the ring. She can give you the same promo a thousand times that people eat up where she's going to slap the head off your shoulders. Uh, <laughs> um, mm. Yeah. So the stipulation for this is interesting, right? Uh, it's a last not only, chance, winner uh, yeah, take a, all, it, mixed tag yep. team, elimination match <laughs> for the Universal and Raw Women's Championships. <laughs> And also the best in the world trophy to determine the best in the world. <laughs> Inside a Punjabi prison. <laughs> I would be all for it if it's a Punjabi prison match. So what do we, like, what even happens here? Because, like, I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that Corbin and Lacey are winning. No. They're going to they're gonna tease it a bunch. There's going to be a ton of falsies. Um, but I also think that it's not going to be like a straight up tag match. I think it's going to be like tornado tag rules. Yeah. 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 I could definitely, especially because it's extreme rules. Yeah. So like, why would they be tagging in and out? Yeah. So whatever. It doesn't matter. They probably will make them tag in and out. Probably. Um, and be- Becky will watch as Seth gets beaten down with a chair. And the the ref will be, like, holding her back for some reason. (laughs) And she'll be, like, trying to get in the ring. Yeah, and then Lacey will come by and, like, 
shove her handkerchief down his throat again. Yeah. And then Seth um, will get a rope break. <laughs> a rope break in Extreme Rules. <laughs> That's your favorite thing. Ugh. I think it's going to be back and forth. S- Corbin's going to go through a table. Um, Becky's going to put Lacey through a table. And then Becky's going to tap Corbin out. <laughs> so Seth doesn't even get the fall. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Oh, my God. She tapped out uh, Mike Kanellis on Raw two weeks ago during their mixed tag team match. She did. How so that, about that spot? Huh? That didn't make any sense. Well, I, I don't mean that. I just mean the Kanellis is Ron Raw. Oh, yeah. Good for them, that, man. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, they showed up in the on... back, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> they were on this week's I Raw. Huge. And yeah, they were on I, 205 Live. I popped huge for it when they came up on Raw two weeks ago. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still think I still think Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans are fantastic in their roles. Absolutely. This is yeah, going to... Yeah. They're, so Corbin has, has done what a lot of guys can't do on their own, right? So if Corbin was given the push that Shane McMahon had... <laughs> He'd be on the cover of a magazine or something. Yeah. People hate him for the for the wrong reasons. Because he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. So he's a really good heel. So you're not supposed to like him. Yeah. I don't think... It seems like fans today don't get that. <laughs> they just want to root for everybody. And if there's people that they don't like, they don't want to watch the show. Yeah. I mean... That's the opposite of how that works. If you go back to, like, 2007, when, like, Edge was WWE champion, nobody liked Edge. No. You know, nobody, everyone hated Randy Orton in 2008 when he was WWE champion. Yep. Because... There weren't, there weren't threats from Twitter of, like, I'm going to stop watching this if they keep putting the title near that guy. Yeah. Like, he hasn't won the title, guys. Relax. Yeah. Just because he's challenging for the championship doesn't mean that he's the champion. It means he's in a program with the champion, which is huge. Yeah. For Good him, for it's, this ama- guy. It's, it's, a, it's amazing. It's a where he's stepping come from. stone. And it's a chance to better himself in the ring by working with, quote unquote, the top guy. That, and if you just think about a few years ago when Corbin was the Money in the Bank winner. And he had that really embarrassing match with Cena because he was getting into stuff on Twitter and, you know, he was too big for his britches. But I think that's always been going back to like breaking ground. I think that's always been an issue for Corbin is his attitude. Yeah. Uh, But he seems to have completely turned the corner on that. I think Um, he finally figured it out. I think it's due to his haircut. As soon (laughs) as he got his haircut. His entire attitude changed about his career, and his work on television improved drastically after his horrible hairline was disappeared. Um. <laughs> it's like those were the chains that were holding him back. <laughs> the the literal strands of, of holding him back. His literal locks. <laughs> <laughs> He's been unlocked. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Good night. (laughs) Oh, man. He's been eating smoked salmon on bagels. (laughs) 
and he cut his hair all locks um <laughs> uh and also so Lacey Evans too she can't fart without people on Twitter saying that she's the worst person to ever fart yeah uh, oh my god these people um, also have never seen Trish Stratus wrestle when she first started <laughs> But they'll go on and say that she's the greatest uh, ever. So this week, the the outrage du jour on Lacey Evans was the faint kick punch to the face. Mm. Um, she seemed to feign a kick to Becky's leg and then rocked her with that <laughs> woman's right. And I saw it in slow-mo, and she rocked Becky's jaw with that punch. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I want to see her hit that like that every time. Because... That's almost better than Big Show's WMD. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, that's her finish, right? Yep. Why wouldn't she connect with it? Yeah, she's laying it in. Yeah, I was at a rest. I was at a wrestling show this weekend that I did commentary for. All right, Backbreakers. Whoop whoop. I've worked in the wrestling business for like nine years now. I've worked on the independent scene in Pennsylvania, New Jersey. New York, like the whole Northeast. And one of the things that they said before the show was let's go out there. Let's lay it in stiff. Let's make it look good. You know, we're, we're taping for fight TV. So we got to up it a little bit. Work snug. Yeah. That's exactly what she's doing. And she's getting shit all over for it. Yep. You don't see people outraged at friggin' Kenny Omega when he lays a stiff shot in in a new japan right nope so like i don't understand what the problem is with lacey evans it's because people don't like her because her character is effective <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's the craziest thing is because because wrestling is what it is now and people have to live their gimmick 24 7 and lacey evans is not allowed to be whatever her real name is online she has to be Lacey Evans on Twitter she has to be Lacey Evans on Instagram maybe the only solace she gets is not being Lacey Evans on Facebook but even Um, then but even then if she's not because people obviously know her real name so they're probably checking up on what she's doing yeah so she's got to be that heel character all the time and people think that that's the actual person it's because the the so the weirdest thought project here is like kayfabe is dead, but is it yeah. because they have to live their gimmick 24 seven all the time online. They're never allowed to, cause if they break the gimmick, then people are like, Oh my God, they're killing the business. Yeah. But she has, so she has to be an asshole 24 seven. But then when she does asshole things and says things like an asshole, People think she's people saying think that she's as a herself. real asshole. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I think, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Uh, she's doing exactly what she's supposed to do, and she's doing it so effectively that you hate her. Yeah. Therefore, she's good and not bad at what she does. <laughs> Therefore, she's a good heel and not a bad heel because she could be a terrible character, but she's actually a great character simply because you don't like her. Yep. And there's a difference between heel heat where you want to see somebody kick the shit out of them and change the channel, right? 
Mm-hmm. For for me, there's only ever been one or two people that was changed the channel for me. Whereas I'm not changing the channel for Baron Corbin because I'm laughing at what he's saying because I'm like, fuck, he's good. Yeah, and he's, he's so, so cocky good at about this. it. Yeah, he's gotten so comfortable with a microphone. And Lacey, being so young into her career, is so comfortable on a microphone. Mm-hmm. And I hope that the internet doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen for Corbin, but I really hope that Lacey is not affected by the things that smart Mark say to her on the internet where they're like, Oh, I don't like you. You're blonde. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I hope not. I don't think so. She's still very young. She's only, she's still in her twenties. Yeah. She's my age. She's literally days older than me. (laughs) Days older than me. And they took Lacey and they threw her right in the deep end. They really did, and she's surviving. Yeah. Whether or not you want to admit that she is, because it's not a matter of if she is or if she isn't. She is, and it's whether you want to acknowledge the truth or not. Yeah. It's not if like... You don't, if you don't like her, she's doing a good job. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. If you're like, oh my God, I can't wait for Becky to slap the head off her shoulders... That is what she's supposed to do to you. Well, on that note, uh, I'm really looking forward to Extreme Rules. Like I said, I think it's going to be a good show on... It's a good show on paper. And and in talking about it, I'm getting a little more excited to watch it. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a few matches that I wasn't interested in that now I am. Yeah. Now so hopefully we've done that for you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, though. Uh, yeah. We appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you could find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Royally Rumbled. And if you want to follow us individually, I, Jordan, can be found on Twitter and Instagram at JL24FPS. And I, Robert, can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Yesball. And if you don't mind, shoot a like or a follow our way on our other podcast, at PopCannon with a K. For Royally Rumbled, for your Omega Luke fantasy booking champions, I'm Jordan. I am Robert. And remember, no No guess guess is is as good as ours. ours.